You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell. I am Dave Griffiths. Joe Hopkins here on the board as well. And uh, anytime a uh, Manning makes the news, we are contractually obligated to lead the podcast with it, even if it is not Peyton Manning. It is his younger brother, Eli, announcing this week that he will be retiring from life in the NFL. 16 years for Eli. And uh, Mike, as the uh, resident Pro Football Hall of Fame voter here in the uh, studio, obviously everyone's first reaction to Eli Manning's retirement turns to... The Hall of Fame. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. That, that, that's what you say. He's a no-doubt Hall of Famer. You think so? My gut says yes, but th- then it's, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? And mm-hmm. my, my gut says no. You know, but, but people point, well, you know, he had the two Super Bowls. He beat Brady twice, and but and they're right. But but he – I also saw – I even got the stats in front of me. Joe may be able to pull them up. That over the last his last seven years, he led the league in quarterback losses, and we we could argue whether they're, you know, do, why does a quarterback get wins and losses? Well, starting pitchers do in baseball too, so whether that's the same. And he also led the league in interceptions, and I don't think he ever led the league in any category except interceptions three times. Mm-hmm. And his career record. 117 and 117. He's a 500 quarterback for his entire career. And I believe career. I saw that he's he's 8 and 0 in two seasons in the postseason when they won the Super Bowl and he's 0 and 4 the rest of his career. So so it, it's to to say yes he is you want to say he is but to say he's a slam dunk like a Peyton will be next year or you know Brett Favre was or Montana it's it's wrong because that's not the case. He has remarkable moments in his career. Correct. You cannot tell the story of the NFL in the 21st century without Eli Manning, undoubtedly. But the Pro Football Hall of Fame is not the Pro Football Hall of Significance to me. So this is it's at least a debate, and I'm sure that it will be a passionate debate. And like we were saying right before we, we flipped things on here, um, it's... It's a good thing that you wait five years to let things die down a little bit, to have, give some context to someone's career. After the five years, I think that you can maybe be – there's a little bit less emotion in it that uh, the voters can react maybe a little bit more um, – what's the word? Uh, rationally. Right. Well, and, and again, when I was – I've heard the, the arguments with Eli, and, and one thing that it's, it's interesting is, well, if Eli is, what about Philip Rivers? Exactly. If you look at the stats, Eli all time seventh most passing yards in NFL history, fifty seven thousand yards. Philip Rivers is is sixth. Yep. Now Very I realize funny. I realize Philip Rivers' career is minus the the, uh, the postseason right. in the Super Bowls. I would probably argue that that Philip Rivers is sort of. The latest version of, of Dan Fouts, which which is not a bad thing. Another you know, charger too, right? Yeah. So so it's going to be really interesting, and and again, this is why there is that five year waiting period to let things settle down, get some perspective. Uh, somebody said, "Well, he's got the two Super Bowls." Well, well so does Jim Plunkett. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think the only other quarterback in the Hall of Fame with a losing record, I believe, is Joe Namath. 
and you say, can you write the history of the league without this player? Joe Namath really really got things going with, with the upset of the Colts. Uh, but but sh- then I would argue, should one game get you in the Hall of Fame? I mean, so, so that's an argument. Namath, you, it kind of did. W- without question. Yeah. So, so and, and again, more recently, Terrell Davis basically played four seasons, but he was so dominant in two Super Bowls. Should that be enough? And Eli, I'm telling you, it's going to be a very, very interesting discussion in five years. Well, you know, again, it's it's conceivable that that uh, Luke Keekley Luke Keekley retired, so they're they're going to be eligible the same year. Which one you want? Who's your flavor? A, a, a five time, I believe, a five time first ballot or, or, or first team All Pro, right? As opposed to a guy who was never. And it just sounds like we're, we're Eli bashing, and it's not. He was never, ever the best quarterback in a season. No. Never. Maybe not even top five. And Keekley was, was without question the best at his position, but he left after eight seasons. So it's that that's what goes into this. And people said, well, you know, Eli was so easy to get along with, and he was such a good guy. That's got nothing to it, – it should have nothing to do with it. Right. You know, some, some guys are – are a holes, and they get in, mm-hmm. and I, I could name a few, but but I won't. Hmm. So it it the fact that you're a good guy, it just simply shouldn't matter in the process, and unfortunately, sometimes it does. Absolutely, he he did remarkable things for for charity in the New York area. Walter I, I, Payton Man of the Year, yeah, uh, one that year. too. Yeah, he um like I I have friends from New York, obviously after my uh, my short college career at. Syracuse, Syracuse University. There it is. They drum you out. Yes, we only uh, only uh, less than six minutes in. So if you had the under at six and a half minutes, then then you win uh, the <laughs> here in the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Question: I had, you know, he had the second most consecutive starts by a quarterback all time, two hundred ten. How much would that factor into the Hall of Fame? That durability? and he never missed a game due to injury. Correct. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't his choice. It it, it figures in because again, longevity matters. But at the, at the same time, he's in a position to where yes, availability. You know, Reg, Reggie Wayne. At one point, he he played in 189 straight games. Uh, but but it, it's more numbers with quarterbacks. It's about championships with quarterbacks. But again, when you when you look at the again, his last seven seasons were not very good. And was that all him? Of course not. It, it was the, the, where the franchise went. But you have to take – you just can't say, well, he won two Super Bowls and he beat Brady or Brady would have had, mm-hmm. what, eight? Yeah. I mean, so – and he kept him from, from the uh, perfect season. All that's true. But when you get in there, again, after five years, it's the body of work. And that includes all the – the warts that are they're there, and and there are warts on, on the on the resume. So that's a debate for five years from now, specifically. Correct. But of course, one that we uh, we needed to touch on before really turning up to uh, to eleven here. Our discussion on Colts impending free agents. That is one of the first things in the off season that uh, General Manager Chris Ballard. It's, fa- it's phase office, one. It, it is your own. Mm-hmm. Correct. D- deal with your own. That's that's what Ballard has, has said since day one. Here he wants to have. Homegrown talent, build through the draft. Free agency is a supplemental process for him. So if you have guys in the building that you like, you re-sign them, you bring them back. Trying to think of something that he's done just this past year. Uh, Kenny Moore, uh, mm-hmm. Pierre Desir, Luke Rhodes. Rigo Sanchez was a guy Sanchez, who got it in the and, and, Luke Rhodes. And for for yeah, whatever yeah. reason, I'm, I'm, I'm spacing a few last year. Oh, Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he signed twice or three times since Ballard's been here. So they, they really go after their own. Uh, that's, again, when you're talking the building blocks of roster, it's free agency, it's the draft, it's veteran free agency. Uh, and, and this is the first step is how do you retain your own? Who do you retain of your own? And there's some interesting questions, and at least one's not in their hands. A couple of players, first, before we get into that, one player not exactly in their hands, are the uh, the players that the Colts have already signed to extensions. One-year extensions for wide receiver Zach Paschal, place kicker Chase McLaughlin, and also tight end Mo Cox. So those guys, they were going to enter free agency, but they, they're coming but, back. But they were going to be restricted right. at, at most. I think Chase was, was exclusive, so they didn't th- – th- this is sort of book work. Yes, things they didn't that is. they didn't have to. These are guys they want to keep, but the, these were guys that, if the Colts wanted them, they were not going anywhere, right? And they were going to sign at the Colts offer. So clearly, those are three guys the Colts did want. And Pascal, we we've all agreed, certainly earned that with his performance the last year. Um, and so and so did Chase. And so did the other, yeah, absolutely. Mo Ali Cox. I don't know if he did all that much that was super impressive to me. Uh, I thought, honestly, two years ago was a bit more impressive. Maybe he, it's just that one catch against Oakland that stands he out. He battled injuries this year. I mean, he had the broken thumb. And I, I realize his forte is blocking, but you've, you know, you've also got a catch and mm-hmm. just you know a broken thumb. So it, it's pretty vital to a receiver in what you do. So I, they value him. He's still sort of growing into the position. Uh, tight ends were so hard to judge this year because you know you had the Eric Ebron situation, and you had the quarterback situation. It's so hard. It's so hard for me to know how they're going to evaluate tight ends, wide receivers when the quarterback was so darned erratic. So now we turn to the players that are free agents this coming season. And Mike, as you mentioned, the the number one one A one B one C free agent entering this off season that you've been screaming for a year that the Colts should resign. And now we may know why Why they they didn't, didn't, because he wasn't willing to. Is left tackle Anthony Costanzo. In the postseason, just chat with AC at his locker. He's the one who brought up possibly retiring. And again, Mike, as you say, once you're thinking about retiring, I mean... Don't brush it off. Yeah, you, you, you can't. Um, that, that it's a serious discussion for for him. He is 32 years old by the start of the 2020 season. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's like August, so yes. So really, when you look at um, the guys who are... So you, you can still be a great left tackle at 37, 38 years old. There's still guys in the league who, who are doing work uh, at that age. So he has a good five years left, you would think, as long as he stays healthy. He's had nine seasons in the league, 140 starts, including the postseason. He's missed 12 starts in nine years. Right. Including um, playoffs. And I, and there, if there is one one position on your line that you want consistency, that you want uh, greatness, that you want I, I still it's stunning that he's not in the pro has never made a, a pro bowl to me, but that's because there have been other great left tackles right. as well in the AFC. So it's not a knock on him. Uh, but but Anthony Costanzo is is where this discussion really starts and is the most important discussion for the Colts uh, as they enter free agency period. Yeah, and it's kind of a strange discussion because do the Colts want him back? Of course they do. Yeah, and they and they would pay to do it. It's going to be. Fourteen, fifteen million dollars a year. I think that's roughly what a franchise tag would be. But right now, like the top five left tackles are roughly fourteen million. 
Uh, who, somebody just signed the 18 million. Was it Lane? Lane uh, Johnson. Lane Johnson. He's a right tackle. As a right tackle. Yeah. But he might be shifting to left. The, right. They but have that, Jason Peters. So, so your, 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 your bottom line is going to be 14 million. But, but, but again, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, they, I remember talking, we talked to Frank Wright in December about Costanzo. And, he, and what, what he says is, is sort of obvious, but he said when you have the left tackle, you sort of don't worry about it. You don't worry about that side of the line, the protection. Occasionally, you may chip or something that side, but that you sort of say he's got this, mm-hmm. and allows you to do so much more. Well, conversely, when you don't have that guy, you, you, you've got to do things to protect your quarterback's blind side, because the last thing you want is for your quarterback to be dropping back and oh, oh when, when you're looking downfield to say, now am I going to get smacked from the backside? Mm-hmm. I, I go back to the Tariq Glenn years, and I wouldn't put. Costanzo quite in that level. Terry Glenn was pretty darn good. Uh, but you didn't worry. I, I can't think of one or two times that Peyton Manning got squashed from the backside. People got so upset with the false starts. I'm sorry. If, if, if his downside was one false start every other game or, or even won a game, you know, deal with it. And Howard Budd has, has said right. that, that he was just so fast. Correct. And, off and, and if you watch the tape, there are, I mean, there's times that. He's right. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody else was that half tick slow, but when when you've got the guy, then you don't worry about other things. You can run your offense. When you don't, it just hampers you with either an extra tight end, the running back, and and back in the Manning years, what the, and we saw that some with Luck is to Luck's detriment. Unfortunately, is that you want to flood the defense with 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 receivers, running backs, tight ends, and all. You don't want to have extra, you know, max protections. This guy gives you the chance to run your offense. And the one thing that, that I've talked about and we've talked about is why I thought, why haven't you signed this guy to an extension? Well, again, this may be why. Yeah. Because Costanzo may be as far back as the offseason was thinking, you know, I just don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But there's no plan B. There, there, there is no – sometimes when, when – I can say it with a couple of positions. There's no there's no plan B for T.Y. Hilton. None on the roster right now is so, what you're so referring to specifically. Right now, yeah. right now your, your your possibilities on the roster are Joe Haig, LaRaven Clark, and that's – I probably named them. Yeah. And LaRaven Clark did not step on the field this year. Not one snap. And he's a free agent too. And he's a free agent mm-hmm. too. And that's – yes, he'll be unrestricted. He and Joe Haig are, are both unrestricted. They'll, they'll probably bring those guys back. But not not to say that though. Okay, we're going to resign Raven Clark, and he can be the guy. That's that's not the case. There were so many times he wasn't even active this year. So if if, if Costanzo retires, and I think we know something in the next three weeks, I, I just think because if nothing else, the team needs to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at the, and we'll talk later about the senior. Well, they're down there now, and there's a handful, four or five legitimate offensive line or tackle possibilities. But that's to me. That's not what you want. You still, it, it, you were always talking long. You know, is Costanzo if he returns? Is he your long term answer? Long term, three or four years, yes. Because like you said, guys have played mm-hmm. mid to late thirties and, and played well. But this is not in the Colts' hands. This is in Costanzo's hands. And, and when it's personal reasons, it's not. To, to my knowledge, it's not injuries. He's not, you know, a rash of concussion. It, it's, this isn't Luke Keekley. It's this guy was never he was never a lifer. Mm-hmm. He he just wasn't. He, he, there, there's guys in that locker room, 
Vinatieri's one of them. Yep. You'll need to drag him out of there kicking and screaming because this is, this is so much of how they're wired. Costanzo's not that way. And when, when he's ready to retire for whatever reason, it will be similar to Andrew Luck with a clear conscience. Well, even with a guy like this thinking about retirement, personal reasons, nothing forcing him to do it, wouldn't you think even if he comes back, it'd be a year-by-year type thing? You know, it's not – you wouldn't think you'd be able to just count on him for the next three or four years oh, as long as he's healthy. I, I would think if I'm the Colts – the, 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 let's say Costanzo is coming back. I agree. It's with giving him a three- or four-year deal. But in the team's mind, it's a one-year a one year at a time. Mm-hmm. It just has to be because what will keep him from whatever is, is on his mind now – it's still going to be there. It's still he 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 thought about this for a reason. Whatever the person, and it's funny. We we he said personal reasons, and we sort of said, well, what are they? He said, well, they're personal, so don't ask. Which which he's he's correct, but no, there's no question, Joe, that if he comes back, for you not to for you not to start making plans for life after Costanzo is would be, you know, wrong because once a guy is thinking about it. It doesn't go away. So all of us agree that the Colts would very much, very much, very much want to have Anthony Costanzo back in the locker room next year. And right now the ball is in his court. If indeed Costanzo decides not to come back, Joe, I see that you've put some uh, potential free agents there on our on our discussion list. Can you uh, run down what you were thinking with these guys who you saw, guys who were uh, also going to be free agents in uh, this coming month. Yeah, a couple players who might be available. Andrew Whitworth at the top of the list, I mean, from the Rams. He's just been so reliable for such a long time. When the Bengals let him go, I don't think they believed that he was going to continue to play at this high of a level as he has. Um, he is 38 years old, so this would be more of a Band-Aid, but mm-hmm. he's still playing pretty well. And, I mean, with the team, with the rest of the roster, the way it is, you think rather than just throw a rookie out there and say, good luck, they might draft a rookie and let Whitworth or someone else like that kind of stand in for a year or two. Uh, after him is Jason Peters, kind of the same situation. Been playing at a high level for a long time, but you can't expect him to go too much longer. When Peters is healthy, he's very good. The trouble with him lately has been his health. It seems every year one thing or the other gets a little knock, so you, you need a good, reliable backup if you have Jason Peters. Go ahead. Absolutely. And then... Um, Kind of the third guy after that, and I think he kind of falls off um, from that tier there, is Kelvin Beecham um, from the Jets. 30 years old, so he's a little younger, but uh, if the Colts did sign him, they would actively be looking for an upgrade. And Mike, looking at this list, I mean, it's two guys who are at the very tail end of their careers, and then, as Joe said, the next one really does fall way down the list in terms of uh, the ability and the type of uh, tackle you're bringing in here. It goes, it goes to show you that franchise left tackles don't hit the free agent market. And we've talked about that. There, there's two or three positions, quarterback, left tackle, and pass rusher. When you want one, this free agency is is the probably the most difficult way of going. Unless you're – unless well, they're just not out there. Unless you're Gruden who, who trades Khalil Mack – you just don't get rid of these impact players because they're so hard to get. Generally, the way you get these guys, all the three positions we've talked about, are at the top of the draft, top ten picks. I think if if Costanzo walks in next week, I hope it's not next week because I'll be in Miami. But hmm. wait till we're back from the Super Bowl. I really believe if he retires, and I sort of think there's a good chance. I I, th- I think there's a good chance he does. To me, all of a sudden. That's where your your draft focus goes. 
I, of course, then you get the quarterback situation. <laughs> uh, so I, I, unless Chris Ballard just falls in love with a quarterback, who he, what, four guys are going to go top ten. I'm telling you, top eleven maybe quarterbacks. I would say at least three. At least three. I I think desperation drives another one up there. Mm-hmm. So if if he really loves one of the top three, you got to move up to get him. But sitting there at thirteen, I just see that's the great place for a for a tackle because again, let's say three quarterbacks and uh, the Ohio State Chase Young, the, the the pass rusher, and a couple of other players, the the, the Alabama linebacker, slice safety, whatever uh, Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, Clemson. Clemson, Clemson. Jeffrey I'm sorry, Simmons, Clemson. Yeah. So there's going to be four or five, just no doubt, lottery guys. So you're going to get a, a really good player shoved down to you at 13. Get your left tackle at 13, and then look at that receiver maybe at 34 or whatever they're at. So 34 and then 44, I think. Right. So I, I think you can. It's a it's a really deep draft with, with with receivers, but it's so hard to get a tackle if you wait too long. Whenever folks jump up for for quarterbacks, and that that makes potential franchise guys slide Correct. down a little bit. I mean, it's what the Colts got Correct. with. Quentin Nelson at sixth overall. Yeah, I, I know that. I know your thoughts about drafting a guard that high. Still, Mike, it's uh, still painful. I would you a love to bit. know in a quiet moment if Bradley Chubb and Quentin Nelson were there. What would Chris Ballard have done? Mm-hmm. We'll never know because he won't tell us. Something you know, we're talking about tackles falling. I mean, they got to get past the Giants at four. They got to get past um, the Jaguars at nine. The Browns at ten. The Jets at eleven. And this is a kind of a three-tackle draft with um, Thomas out of Georgia, Wills out of Alabama, and then Wirfs from Iowa. So, I mean, uh, tackles are another one in position that gets pushed up the draft as yeah. well. But you, but you start doing the math, and let's say three three quarterbacks and three tackles and a couple of defensive players, a couple of edge edge guys. All oh, you the, never know. All, the, all, the, all of a sudden, you're you're looking at a pretty quality, you know, player that you need at thirteen mm-hmm. and. Yep. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll believe the day the Ballard trades up, trades up in the first round. I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, I, I, if Costanzo leaves, I just think that first round pick almost needs to be for a tackle. One last thing I wanted to mention here: he's not a free agent, so he wasn't on the list. But Trent Williams has been unhappy in Washington for a long time. Um, I know they did fire president or, um, or president, whatever his name is, Bruce Allen. Yeah, Allen. So they did fire him, so that might kind of mend relations a little bit. But you got to think he's at least an option. He at least goes through the Colts' mind. It very much could be too far gone for for Trent Williams too. I, it, it has it seems to have been for a while, but he's still stayed there. for Oh, a it while is Trent Williams. He'll be 32 by the time next season starts. So about Same as Costanzo's age, yeah. It's, it'll still take a little bit to get him, even though he does. He might not want to play in Washington. Uh, second free agent impending for the Colts. Joe's favorite kicker, Adam Vinatieri. I'm surprised you didn't put him number one on, or, or just omit him or, entirely. Or bold, that, or from, bold from face the whole section. Yes. Uh, by the start of the 2020 season, Adam Vinatieri would be 47 years old, 24 NFL seasons. 365 and even years worth of regular season games in his career. If he is considering retirement, I still think that he would want to return if the opportunity is right. I just, Mike, don't know if it's going to be right here in Indianapolis after what happened last season. I just don't know how. And with Chase uh, McLaughlin well, being signed he, for he, a one-year right, deal. Right. 
I just don't. For, first of all, I, I don't think Vinny wants to go. I, no, I, I shouldn't say I don't think. He does not want to go out on this season. 14 misses and two or three that were just killers. And he and he admits they were killers. The injury that had been that had lingered for a, a couple years, three years. Just knowing how he's wired, he doesn't want this to be his final, you know, the last impression. I ju- having said that, I just don't see the Colts getting involved in that again. I sign him with a one-year deal that certainly wouldn't be guaranteed with the idea that maybe he's not what he was and you cut him in, in August. I just don't know they want to go down that road again. Uh, when I talked to him when the season was over, before when he before the surgery, he said, I know that when I'm healthy, I can still kick at a high level. And, and until the end of last year and this year, he had kicked at a pretty good level, 87, 80, 88% making key kicks, and then the, the knee really uh, flared up and we can point fingers whoever you want to point the strongest at, whether he should have set it down or the team should have, whatever. That's We're past that, but I just don't see the team getting reinvolved. They've already, again, with Chase McLaughlin, he, he's your heir apparent, you would think. Uh, he, 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 what, he missed one kick? It was a 50-yarder, I believe it was. Uh-huh. So he he's young. He was a rookie. So he he can be your guy moving forward. I just think we've seen the last of Vinatieri in a Colts uniform. Now, if he retires, whether they would have one of those retirement, you know, retire as a Colt. I don't know because the New England career so muddies that water. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see there being a twenty fifth. A 15th season in Indianapolis, I just don't see it. I, I wouldn't rule out him being on a NFL roster, either in training camp next year or a guy that somebody signs in the middle of the season because a kicker gets hurt. Uh, we saw that this year. It seemed like a third or half of the teams in the league were looking for a kicker at some point in the season. And if that's the case, Adam Vinatieri, if he's on the beach at that point, might be somebody's number one option because at that point he will be healthy. At that point he will be rested. Part and, of me, part of me has a, has a, has a, has, a, has trouble seeing him as a hired gun in October. Mm-hmm. But 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 I don't know. It, it, it won't be it won't be to have more points and more field goals. No. He the, he's got records now that I don't think anyone's going to touch just because who, who's going to Justin Tucker? Who's going to stay around long enough to do this? If he comes back, it will have to be the perfect situation. Seattle needs a kicker. A, a, a team who's a serious Super Bowl contender. Right now, Vinatieri is, will be in this for his own competitive nature and another championship. The money, it will be secondary, uh, even the third factor moving forward. A couple free agent kickers. Greg the Leg, the big Z out of L.A. with the Rams, 32 years old. Uh, Kaimi Fairburn out of uh, Houston with the Texans. He's 26. Mason Crosby with the Packers, 35. Um, the Colts will have no interest in any free agent kicker, obviously, since they have Chase McLaughlin on the roster right now. If they bring in a second kicker that is not Adam Vinatieri, which I don't think any of us really strongly believe he will be back here in Indianapolis next year, it will probably be a rookie free agent guy, just somebody to have in camp to Sh- share the duty, share the load. Share the load, just, just so your kicker is not just... Boom, boom, boom. Weary at the yeah. end of training camp. Right. So 
Uh, Adam Vinatieri, uh, a Colts free agent, but none of us expect him to be with the Horseshoe next season. Next up, another player that I don't think any of us expect to be with the Horseshoe next season, tight end Eric Ebron. And Adam Vinatieri has a better chance of being back <laughs> next year than Eric Ebron. I think Peyton Manning has a better chance of being back <laughs> next year than Eric Ebron. He'll be 27 <laughs> by the start of next year, six seasons. Last two have been with the Colts. 2018 was stellar with Andrew Luck throwing him the ball, caught 14... Uh, caught 13 touchdowns, ran in another. A pro bowler, had uh, high aspirations for this year, said his goal was to break the tight end touchdown record held by Ron Gronkowski, which is in the 20s. That did not happen. Uh, someone's going to give Eric Ebron a little bit of a payday because they'll, they'll say that he was injured this last year and had a great year with Andrew Luck two years ago, and it's not going to be the Colts. 0% chance. 0.0% chance. It was in a 72-minute postseason, you know, discussion, Chris Ballard talked and talked and talked and gave us very in-depth comments on a lot of things. And one of us asked, what about Eric Ebron? We're probably moving on. That was it. Now, he may have said, if we had followed up with something, he may have said something. But But that was enough for everyone in the room. Right, because we all, from from having been through it and talking to Frank Reich after that happened, the team was not the least bit happy with how this thing not only ended, but how they got to it. Uh, remember, it was before the Houston game. He finally went on the injury report, I believe it was the Houston game, with an ankle issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played in the game, and then he's on IR. And th- That was about two weeks earlier. He Remember, he kicked down Frank Reich's door. Right. Because I want more, you know, when I'm out there, things happen, and, you know, put me out there and all this. It it wasn't it wasn't a good way it unfolded and then it unraveled, and for Frank Reich to go into the detail that he did, telling us the history of the injury and how they had a scan done in training camp and yeah it showed like it wasn't perfect but and then he when he went on and said well you know and he never missed any practice time, never missed any games until like like the Houston or the, the week before the Houston game, they weren't happy couple of free agent options at tight end because we know that Frank Reich loves him some tight loves ends. Loves him some tight ends. Hunter Henry of the Chargers, 25 years old. Really good young tight end. He will cost you. He will. Austin Hooper of the Falcons, also 25 years old. Vance McDonald of the Steelers, 30 years old. I think there's a couple guys in the draft to look forward to, specifically at tight end. There's a couple guys at the Senior Bowl this week that I really like and that we can get into later, but... Um, uh, yeah, J- Joe, I assume that you're on the same page as both of us that Eric Ebron is not going to be a Colt next year. Yeah. No, he I, I wanted to give you your opportunity no, to, you're fine. to say you something. You guys covered it all. <laughs> okay. He's not. We put, you, you don't want to pile on? <laughs> nope. I'll, I'll just leave it be at that. Well, then, because, again, again, they they will – there will be a high-profile tight end here in, in April, whether it's through for agency – Maybe they go again. So much goes with with Costanzo. If if you don't have to, because they need to, they need that pass catching compliment, not pass cut, but the downfield compliment mm-hmm. to Jack Doyle. And if you're going to get a, a Henry or a Hooper, and that that's only if their teams don't keep them. Right, one, that too. One, one of the issues with prospective free agents is you don't know who's going to be resigned or mm-hmm. franchised, whatever. But if you're going to get a Henry or Hooper, 25 years old, you're going to pay out the nose for them. And you're gonna, you know, it, it'll it'll exceed, it'll certainly exceed what, it'll double what what that double maybe that's a bit strong, for what Eric Ebron got, what Ebron was two years, fifteen million. Oh yeah, this would be a 
four years. This will be a four year, and it'll be it'll be not a nice change for these guys. <laughs> but I think there will be either a veteran free agent or when I say a high draft pick, three first three rounds maybe, fourth round maybe. No, yeah. no, you can't go lower in a fourth round expecting that guy to, to do much for you. So there will be a nice free agent coming in or a nice new tight end in here at some point. The next prospective free agent on the Colts list will be defensive end Jabal Shear, and he might be one of the more interesting discussions, I think, among the front office and in Chris Ballard's office for the next uh, the next couple weeks until they decide what to do with him. He'll be 31 by the start of the 2020 season, so he is not aged by any stretch of the imagination. Nine seasons in the NFL. The last three have been right here in Indianapolis. He's pretty consistent. Uh, five and a half sacks in 2017, five and a half sacks in 2018, four and a half in 2019, but he missed the first three games of the season. I think he's one of the more underrated players on the Colts roster. Uh, I think that one thing that Chris Ballard mentioned in his postseason wrap-up was the defense really lacked veteran voices. Correct. Like a Mike Mitchell is a guy, or a um, Al Woods in the locker room this year, and that's a reason that things fell off <clears throat> Excuse me, at the end of the year. I think Jabal Sheard, A, should be a veteran voice, but you could also say the on the other side of the coin, well, he was in the locker room already. That, that was my point. He was in there last year, too. Right, and he wasn't, he, and apparently they, they were still lacking that voice. So it, that, that, that's why I say I think it's an interesting discussion whether you want to bring Jabal back for another year. And I realize there, there's so much on you want to get younger and you want to get younger, but at some point you, you do need the veteran presence. And I, I wish I, I didn't print out, I wish I brought in the, the quotes that, Ballard gave us about Jabal Sheard because I couldn't tell if it was a nice thanks for the memories or this is what this guy can bring to us. It was it was a, a, a lot of praise for a lot of reasons. And this is a guy that I would probably make the, the Ballard exception on age. And I would probably bring him back. And, and no one you still need to bring in defensive line help dur- during the offseason free agency in the draft. I just again, I think he's one of those underappreciated guys. He he he's a notch above what they got with Eric Walden. Eric Walden was really a good free agent signing, and I'm not I'm not comparing their leadership at all because Sheard is so much uh, more of a leader. But with the production, he had started all the he missed what the three games in three years, and it was the knee injury or the knee issue at the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. I just think that if if Sheard agrees to your price and it needs to be your price i think trying to get him for two more years would be ideal what you would hope is that you it wouldn't fall off like it did with a couple of guys this year with margus hunt and, and Danico Otfrey. but I, I think shared would really ease some of their concerns at the position what are you guys doing well, we're we're having con- I, conversation uh, that we can't have while you are actually having conversation on the mic. So you're ignoring me. Exactly. So I, I'm trying to follow what you're saying while still uh, trying to discuss with Joe about what exactly we're going to say next. I accidentally put the free agent options in the wrong places, so I was showing Dave where they were. Guys like, you know, obviously the decision to sign a Clowney is much different than the decision to si- re-sign a Jabal A Jadavion Clowney, right. Yeah, yeah. The cost is going to be much different. Highly. But, how much would you think a sheared? What would a sheared contract look like if the Colts brought him back? I'm trying to think of what it was. Was it three years? It wasn't twenty-seven million. That's, that sounds too high. I don't say low twenties. Maybe like three for twenty. I'll, I'll look it up right now. Uh, give, him, give him six or seven. It's, it's not my money. 
Uh, <laughs> give him six million a year. Uh, and I just think again, when you're a player like Sherry, he may be the guy that has has more value to the team he's been on than a team elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So th- th- this will be one. Obviously, the team would have to have significant interest. He checks just about every box that Ballard wants, except the fact he's going to be 31. And 31, yes, that's that. That shouldn't be a a, a deal breaker because I, I I think the guy's got value. Again, I would structure it to where maybe it's a, it's a it looks like a good two or three year deal, but it's a, it's a one year deal. They did this with uh, Marcus Hunt last year. Uh, he was I think he signed a two year deal. Maybe it wasn't three. I think it was a two year deal. I, I, I've been in favor of resigning Jabal Sherry because I think he brings value, and then you hope you get better through the draft. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, and again, uh, keep in mind Justin Houston's going to be a free agent next yeah. year, and, and you keep hoping to develop guys like Ben Banigou and Th- there uh, are some, Shimoko there, Ture. At, at some at, at some point, you're going you're always going to have one or two. I hate to use the word stopgap guys, but that's sort of what the, the, the short term fixes. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a every every year, you're going to have. Justin Houston for two years, and then when you know, next year when Houston's probably done, then you've got some other position. So I, it, I, I understand where Ballard is so draft heavy, but I think there's value to selectively shopping and not going bonkers, the way some of us would in free agency. A couple other potential free agents: Yannick Ngakwe, the Jaguars, and Eric Armstead. Did you the see 49ers. that? He had the, did you see his tweet the other day? Yesterday? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Free, free. And did you see that Robert Mathis responded to that with like the eyeballs emoji. And that's like, a good oh, thing. Hey. And that's a good thing where Mathis is not officially with the Colts. Exactly. So it's not tampering. Right. <laughs> good I'm job, telling, Rob. I'm telling you, the only problem I'd have with signing him would be spelling his name. How do you say his name? Yannick Ngakwe. I'll say Yannick. Uh, so w- w- would I overpay for him? Absolutely. Uh, it was just strange that he put free out there because it makes it – my first impression is that was that the team told him we're not going to be able to re-sign you. I mean, how else do you read it? Right. How else do you read it? So, Someone's uh, going to pay big, big, big money for and, him. And that would be so out of character for Ballard to right. do. Although the one, one of the things that he pointed out I can't remember if it was prompted or whether it was as part of a follow-up. The most he said the most disappointing or frustrating part of the defense this year was interior play, right? Uh, pass rush and all that, and boy, would that would that guy solidify your interior of the defense. Safety Clayton Gathers, another free agent. He was signed last year to just a, a one-year deal, kind of a uh, can you stay healthy and see what and you he can did. Do. He did. Props to Clayton for staying healthy and. He's a guy I think he'll be 28 at the start of the 2020 season. He's another guy that is starting to should be earning some clout as a veteran in the league, could be a veteran voice in the locker room if I'm trying to bring that up but, again. But he was in there last exactly. year. Exactly, but he was in there last year. So uh, five seasons, 54 games. He started 32 of them, but he's clearly not the starter right now for the Colts. Kari Willis has really taken that mantle. So if the Colts are going to bring Clayton Gathers back, it's not going to be as a starter. It's going to be, and he has played special teams for them. He's been part of the fourth down army. So he's a guy that can be in that role. I just don't know if you want him in that role. If you'd rather have. He comes, a, he comes back on, on your dime. Right. He'll come back at what you think it's worth. Yeah. Remember, he went out there last year and it was different with the injury situations to where he didn't get, get much interest right. on the open market. Right. And came back to the Colts on the one year deal. And also, again, you've got Molly Cooker. You've got 
Willis, you know, George, they like our George, George Odom, the mm-hmm. way the way he played. Yep. So I wonder if there's a place for Clayton Gathers next year. A couple of top free agent safeties, Devin McCourty from the Patriots, Anthony Harris from the Vikings, ha ha, Clayton Dix from the Bears. We'll move on. Offensive line. There's a... you, you, did, you, did we go over Devin Funches? No, I skipped him. Sorry about that. It's all together here. Jo- jo- Joe screwed me up. So <laughs> well, we um, can talk about Funchess and Chester Rogers at once. Yes, we can. Kinda... Let's do that. Yeah, let's, both of those two guys, Devin Funchess, Chester Rogers, two potential wide receivers to have back. Two guys that were on the uh, starting, I mean, on the fifty-three man roster at the start of the year, um, and on IR at the end of the year. Exactly, and on IR at the end of the year. So Chester was a guy on a one-year deal again. Um, had a second-round tenure on his tender on his one-year contract. Devin Funchess was a one-year, $10 million deal. That's a nice way to earn $10 million. Well, it's not super nice because your collarbone broke in five different places, so you can make that argument. But um, would, you, I, would you do that? Would you let somebody take a baseball bat to your collarbone and say, by the way, here's $10 million? Do they pay for the medical bills as well? Yes. Sure. Ooh, I, might I, do I, that. Boy, I yeah. might do that. That's tempting. <laughs> I don't know. Can then, I have a can I have a couple <laughs> drinks before? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, can I bite down on something really hard? But um, you I, got a kid, man. Take I one do for, exactly. <laughs> I'll take one for the kid. For it is not going to be cheap. The wife says, that. "Go ahead." Yeah, yeah right. I'll, I'll defer to her on <laughs> yeah, this. Boy. Uh, it would be really intriguing to me to bring Devin Funches back because I liked him in the preseason. I liked him in training camp. Um, I thought that he was going to be an intriguing option in the red zone alongside of Eric Ebron this year. And now that we all agree Eric Ebron will not be a Colt, it'd be nice to have one of those big bodies down there to to catch balls in the red zone. And Devin Funches, if he's perfectly healthy, could certainly be that guy. So I think that's a one you got to kick the tires on. What's going to be interesting, though, is is what would it cost to bring him back? You know, the team would probably say, hey, listen, we gave you $10 million for three quarters. Uh, and And so how about giving us some kind of a discount wink wink nudge nudge or or is it going to take you another 10 million dollars to get it done Uh, again they they certainly didn't close the door on that and with 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 their need at the position i still think again i think a high draft pick is going to be for a receiver they they need a playmaker which funches isn't Mm -hmm. he's more of that uh big bodied second and eight third and nine guy that's that's going to Move the change and occasionally get deep, I suppose. But uh, I, I wouldn't discount bringing him back. The question is, does he think he can get more out there? It'll, it'll be a one-year deal if they bring yeah, him back. Yeah, I agree. There's no doubt about that. But if not him, then after the draft pick, you still need a free agent wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You just do. So I, I don't know what's out there free agent-wise. So I think he's he's a, be a very very interesting possibility because they really liked him in last off season, which is why they signed him. And all he is is that he's a year older, and you know he only had three quarters of wear and tear on the body outside yeah. of the 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 clavicle. So uh, I I wouldn't rule him being out back. Yep, I'm not so confident on Chester Rogers. I I think that ship has sailed. He 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 gave you occasional work in production at receiver, but he, he not was, playmaking ability again. Like he you was were saying. he was. Remember when Frank told us when we were all in in August, Chester Rogers is, a, is our punt returner. Period. So that's really that why ain't he, the case anymore. Correct. Naheem Hines has sort of said, "No, not so fast." So I just don't know that you bring 
Chester Rogers back at age 26, whatever, it would be a one-year non-guaranteed contract. But you, you've got young receivers with your Syracuse guy and, Woo, Steve and, and, and Reese Fountain, and you're going to draft – and there's a couple of two or three other guys on there, and you're gonna you're gonna draft a somebody. You're gonna draft a playmaker. Yeah. It's from the SEC probably. So I don't know that there's a place for Chester Rogers. A couple top free agent wide receiver options are Amari Cooper, who could Would be. Would you pay out the nose for him? I like Amari Cooper a lot. So do I. Yeah, I, I really do. He's 26. Yeah, he's that not too. 30. He's not 30. Robbie Anderson of the Jets is a burner. AJ Green of the Bengals is 32, but he certainly can't stay healthy. I don't want to see AJ Green in a Colts uniform. A few other guys who, you know, if they don't sign anyone, you said they got to get a veteran. There's guys like Danny Amendola who can still be reliable out there. How many um, teams has he been with? I think 32. Four. Well, 31. Colts the last one. He's got to have a started cl- with the Rams, I believe. He's kind of a closet full of jerseys. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Offensive linemen, two of them, Joe Haig and LaRaven Clark. We mentioned LaRaven earlier. He was the primary backup left tackle, but did not see any action this year. He was actually inactive for 13 games. So if, in fact, Anthony Costanzo was hurt, he would not have been the backup the active, left tackle. The active linemen were Joe Haig and Josh Andrews. Right. So it would have been Haig who who filled Correct. in there at left tackle during a game if he got hurt because Andrews was an interior guy and really uh, had the ability to be a center if necessary. Um, Joe Haig has the versatility to uh, to play outside, to play inside. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He's he been, can play center. He's he's done everything for the Colts uh, when they've needed him desperately over the past couple years. And to have a guy with experience and backup versatility is valuable. Again, he's a guy that I think is more valuable to the Colts than he is elsewhere because he's been in this system. He knows the blocking scheme. He knows uh, his place in the offensive line room. So I, I don't think anybody would be out they're willing to sign him to be, hey, come in and start for us. Uh, Maybe Joe Hegg they might at guard, if you know what position he is. Right. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. So I, I went back and looked, and th- this year they had, remember, the starting offensive line, first time since 2000. Mm-hmm. They started all 16 games. There were 1,077 snaps on offense this year. Costanzo took everyone. Glowinski took everyone. Smith took all but one. Joe Haig was on the field for 77, 74 snaps. Okay. Mostly as an extra offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Josh Andrews for 61. So while you didn't need depth this year, you you listen to Ballard any time and it's about you need to they almost want to have two full two lines, yep. And which which is uh, uh, unrealistic, but they, they want to go into training camp with you know nine or 10 starter quality players. Uh, I won't be the, a bit surprised if Joe Haig comes back unless Joe thinks that he doesn't want to be Joe Wrights, right. you know, f- for lack of a better comparison. He wants to sort of strike out on his own and be be a starter. Hey, it's great to be the team can turn for you to, when they need you, but I like to play, you know. So I, I won't be surprised, and we can argue whether that's more valuable or, mm-hmm. or the Raven Clark, who is a swing tackle. I sort of think Joe Haig gives them more value. Also, I think Josh Josh uh, Andrews is a might be a restricted free agent. I'm not sure. He is a free agent, right? Yes. So you you've got some some With leverage. Some you got some leverage there. But I I will be very surprised if if they don't bring both those guys back because again, the, about the time you don't take care of your depth, the next year you need your depth, and and that's not even taken into account how Costanzo 
to- totally messes with the picture if he retires. And, and I will amend my statement earlier saying that maybe, uh, I think I said no one would want to sign Joe Wright as a starter. It's possible somebody Joe will. Joe, I'm, I'm, Joe, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Now, now you got it in my I head. Dang it, Mike. <laughs> Uh, Joe Haig is a starter. It's possible. And I, I think back, actually, like to, to a guy who was in the Colts locker room just a couple years ago. That was Mike Person, if that's a name you remember. Oh, he's starting for the Niners. He's starting for the Niners in the Super Bowl now. He is their starting guard on a team that's one of the best running teams Correct. in the NFL. And I, I bring up his name because I used to ride the bus with Mike Person with Montana State football around the Big Sky Conference, my first job out of college. Like I, I was literally... Uh, across the aisle from Mike Person. That was where I always sat because I was the sideline reporter for Montana State football. So he was a great dude back then. I'm, I'm glad to see him with some success right now. And, and with Joe Hegg's youth and versatility and prob- probable desire to be his own man, so, so to speak, that the Colts won't be able to, to – not that they would, but they won't be able to give him a low ball offer and say, hey, you know – you got to like it here. Look, look, look at this line. Well, yeah, but I'm, I only play when somebody gets hurt. So I, I, Joe, Joe Haig will, will cost more to bring back than just a, a modest contract because, again, I think he, there's part of him that wants to, he wants to be a player. He wants to be a guy instead of just being a sixth or seventh guy who, when you need me, I'll be there. A couple more free agents for the Colts this offseason. Those are the, all the main ones that we've really discussed so far. But uh, also, linebacker Sky Moore will be a free agent. Wide receiver Darius Fountain. I think he's a, resclu- uh, a restrict uh, exclusive rights uh, free. I'm not positive about that. But safety Roland Milligan, wide receiver Marcus Johnson, defensive tackle Trevon Coley, who was on the roster for a good bit of this year, Jonathan Williams at running back, and Dontrell Inman at wide receiver. Uh, from, th- from those names, anything stand out to you? I think Jonathan Williams might be back. Uh, but uh, he's un- he's unrestricted. Yes, Dries Fountain, I think, will be back. He's uh, he's not. He, he's some of these guys are either restricted or exclusive. Yes, they are. Which correct. means which means if the Colts want you back, they, they, can, they, they back. they'll make an offer. Marcus yes. Johnson, I think he comes back. They like him. Mm-hmm. John, this guy Frank Reich reached out. He got him from Philadelphia, right. where he coached him there. Yeah, right. and they like Milligan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Andrews, I believe, is is exclusive. Yes, we mentioned him. I got him as a unrestricted online is what it's showing. Who's Josh this? Andrews? This is a Josh Andrews okay. yeah, spot mm-hmm. track as an okay. un- okay. unrestricted free agent. Right. You know, Dontrell Inman, he won't be back. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely figure not. He'll be back. He'll be uh, uh, available next November when they need him. Exactly. Yeah, when, the, when everybody gets hurt again. So in, in, in terms of years of when you've got a bunch of free agents to retain, there's not a ton. Although, again... Costanzo's got the major asterisks, but mm-hmm. again, to me, if, if Costanzo wants to come back, it's uh, the, the pecking order is Costanzo, Shared, uh, Joe Haig, and those are probably my top three uh, to bring back just on value to your team. So we're running out of time here, but I do want to at least mention and get into a little brief discussion on the Senior Bowl because the Colts have so shown the last couple of years, Joe, especially that uh, your, your knowledge of the Senior Bowl, that, that they will dive into the Senior Bowl and they oh, yeah. really value uh, what guys show on tape down there during practice, what they show on tape during the games. Um, so so what have you seen so far, guys, that you want to watch out for this weekend at the Senior Bowl that you think the Colts might be looking at? One of the most exciting guys that I think they could have targeted 
they could target at pick 13 is Javon Kinlaw, <laughs> defensive tackle for South Carolina. Unfortunately, he's got a little bit of tendonitis in his knee. They're trying to be smart with him, and they're going to kind of sit him down the rest of the week. But he dominated the first two weeks of practice, and he could be – I mean, I've heard comparisons to Chris Jones already. Um, obviously, the quarterback's important, Jordan Love and Justin Herbert – um, I want to throw Jalen Hurts into that conversation, too. I don't know if he's a first-round or second-round pick, but Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, and he performed in the Senior Bowl, led the North to a victory that year, threw for a touchdown in the game. So I at least want to throw him into the discussion. I want uh, The name. other two are certainly, certainly more intriguing in terms of first-round picks, but he's got to be a guy you, you at least look at. I think they would look at him. I think they would prefer a quarterback who could throw. Um, if oh. I had to say anything. But, okay. uh, I've had one of those since Andrew Luck left. <laughs> yeah. hey <laughs> That's right. Everyone, no one's safe in this podcast today. No. Um, Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue is another one of those athletic options who could really stretch the field. I love Bryson Hopkins. I got him, him on my list. He's 6'5", tight end, 245. He had a long run of 72 this year and 74 last year. So yeah, he, those were probably against my Hoosiers. They probably were. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a very exciting player who they could probably get in the second or third round and could mm-hmm. help out the offense. Um, another pass catcher, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. is kind of one of those big-bodied receivers. Um, and then back to the defensive line, Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Boy, if he could stay healthy, he's an exciting player. Almost uh, reminds me of Kamoko Ture, mm-hmm. where he has all the tools, very athletic, good size, but just was hurt in college. And then uh, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. He's one of those very quick, um, attacking Gap penetrating defensive tackles that could, you know, potentially near double digit sacks per year for you. I'll mention a couple players that uh, at least are on my radar. If you're looking for a wide receiver, uh, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, a local guy. He's a big guy, 6'4, 229, caught 13 touchdowns this year. If you're not going to go out and re sign Devin Funchess, he's a big body that you can have in there. Love to see, uh, I would love to see him on, on any team that I cheer for because he looked dangerous playing for the Irish this year, no matter who was guarding him. Um, Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk has been rising on draft boards, at least uh, through these first couple days of uh, senior bowl practice. People really like what he's... I don't think he's participating in the practices. Um, I think it was an injury or he's being held out for some reason. Let me look it up right now. I saw that he was rising on like people were mentioning him over the past couple days. So I yeah, you, you look that up, Joe, please. Your medical issue. Let me get this pulled well, up. Well, get ignore me then completely. Here. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's at the senior bowl. Yeah. He had measurements. He's there yeah. talking to teams. Right. I just don't think he's like participating in the game. Um, I see his see name thrown out so much over was. the past couple of days. By, by scouts and whatever. So may, you, Minor you could hip be right. issue will train with the expectation when he can. It looks like he's going to try and shut it down for the combine. Okay. So he's got a hip issue when he showed up. Okay. Well, thank you for, for correcting me there. Appreciate it. Also, I got to throw in uh, Houston offensive tackle Josh Jones. He's listed 6'7 on the Houston website. I think he's uh, he was measured a little bit uh, less than that in the, uh, the combine. Yeah, exactly. But but he's like the top offensive tackles are not there at the Senior Bowl, I don't think. So Josh Jones might be one of the better options uh, that you can watch at the Senior Bowl. And I, of course, have to close it out with an edge defender out of Syracuse University, Alton Robinson, uh, 6'4", 260 pounds, had 10 sacks and three forced fumbles in 2018. That's pretty darn good. Uh, 
cut back a little bit, four and a half sacks and uh, and one forced fumble in 2019. But if you want a guy who's a playmaker and can get the ball out of somebody's hands, I don't know, maybe maybe Alton Robinson is uh, is your guy there, Mike We're going to be hearing that until, until, <laughs> until they don't draft him. We'll That's do true. a mock draft and it'll be first round, Alton Robinson. Alton Robinson, <laughs> Syracuse <laughs> University. That's my choice. So I hope you enjoy the Senior Bowl this week, perhaps watching to see who the next Darius Leonard might be, the guy that uh, I'm sure Bleacher Report will say is the worst pick in the draft and then all of a sudden is an all-pro for the first two years of his career. That'd be fantastic. Fantastic if uh, Chris Ballard can pick out another young man like that from this weekend. Has a Pro Bowl this week, too. And the Pro Bowl this week as well. We've got four Colts there, Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. And uh, give me a second, Ryan Kelly and Jack Doyle, of course. Uh, Nine yards and uh, 7.9. 7.9 yard Jack Doyle is uh, is all in uh, in Orlando looking to strut their stuff. Uh, in the uh, AFC and NFC battle. I want to see Quentin Nelson pancake somebody in a game that the other guy doesn't care about. That'd be fantastic. See, how that, see how the, what the reaction is. I want to see what Quentin Nelson does. Like, I, I, It's just hard for me to imagine him in that type of atmosphere. Going, going 50%? Exactly, 50% yeah. of Quentin Nelson. I don't know if that's possible. We'll find out this weekend in the Pro Bowl. Well, that's the Colts Blue Zone podcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Download, subscribe, make sure you get it delivered to your podcast listening device week after week. Right now, we're going to head into a little interview I did with wide receiver Paris Campbell, who is out in Los Angeles. And I'll, uh, well, we'll go to the interview to see exactly why he was out there and what he was doing. So here is what I chatted with Paris Campbell just this past weekend about uh, about what he's doing. And then, of course, looking forward to his second year with the Colts. Well, Paris, you're gearing up for year two with the Colts, but for those here back home who don't know, right now you're out west with Panini, the trading card company, at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And for the card collectors out there, Paris is signing some of his rookie cards. Panini's going to put them in pack for distribution. So, Paris, last year you joined Panini for the rookie premiere. You suited up in Colts blue after the draft and got your first pro trading card. What was that like, seeing your face on a card for the first time? Uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was something, uh, you know, that was, it was just pretty cool to, to see that first trading card, um, to see yourself in that uniform, um, in that NFL jersey. It was pretty cool to see. So I remember one Christmas specifically when I was young. I got a bunch of trading cards, and I spent, like, the entire day sorting them, filing them in binders. It was a prized collection for a young sports fan. So did you collect trading cards or any other type of sports memorabilia when you were a kid? Yeah, definitely, definitely had, you know, NFL trading cards, uh, NBA trading cards as well. Uh, you know, I like to collect them. Uh, I had baseball trading cards as well. So, you know, seeing myself uh, on one now is pretty surreal. Well, at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl this weekend, you get the chance to speak to a bunch of prospects who will all hope to hear their names called on NFL Draft Day in just a few short months. Now, that's obviously an honor you experienced, a process you had to go through. So what kind of advice can you, Paris, share with these guys who are here one year later trying to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, uh, I think a huge thing is just during this process is to, you know, be yourself, um, you know, train hard. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, getting drafted. Uh, but just uh, to take this process serious, you know, be yourself, um, take every day uh, as a day to get better. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, just make an impression, you know, first impressions are, every, are everything. So um, that, I think that sums it up. In being able to share your experience with the, the next group, you should know better than anyone what they're about to go through. Do you cherish this opportunity? Is this mentoring type of role you'll have this week one you appreciate and enjoy? 
Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, it's something that uh, is pretty cool to me because I know the guys, you know, when I was in that process that helped me, um, you know, so it's definitely pretty cool to, uh, to be back and doing that. Um, and then I even look back, you know, to you know guys that's in, in college that went to my school and that are during this process. Uh, so it's definitely cool, you know, give them a heads up and help them out for sure. Well, I'm sure one piece of advice you'd give is to make friends with the training staff because, dude, it was one injury <laughs> after the other for you this year, multiple surgeries, and I'm sure it was frustrating, but how are you feeling now, physically, emotionally, as you turn the page from year one into the offseason? <laughs> uh, man, I'm excited. Uh, I think I, I know that's probably, you know, something that, you know, you're, you're not expecting to hear from, you know, a guy that just went through the season that I went through. But I'm definitely excited. Um, I'm excited to get back, um, you know, to 100%. I'm going to be healthy. I'm excited to, you know, train for this offseason, get myself better, uh, get myself in shape. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to, you know, go out. Uh, you know, and play next season. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, injury free. So um, I'm excited. Now, I know Colts fans are excited to see you at 100%. And we saw glimpses of what you can do this year, starting in training camp, lasting into the season when you were on the field. So what can we expect of you, hopefully fully healthy and ready to play here coming up in year two as a pro? Yeah, uh, I think uh, I'm just looking forward to bringing that playmaker, uh, you know, to our offense, you know. Um, and just being being a guy that you know can be relied on to make the big plays in the big moments, um, you know the, the guy that you know can take short passes and you know take them take them for long runs and touchdowns and scores and just bring that um, you know that that electric play um, and then just that big playability to the offense. That is Paris Campbell, Colts wide receiver, spending the weekend with Panini at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Look for his signature on a trading card coming soon to shelves near you. Thanks for the time, Paris. Oh yeah, thanks. No problem.